What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I am your host, Brett McGrath. It's Friday as this goes live, and you know what that means. I am bringing on a kick-ass marketer who knows his stuff to school me and educate the rest of you on a topic that is relevant to B2B marketing right now. I got my man, John Benini. You might know John from some good content, that project he's starting up, really good stuff sharing a lot of value with the community. Also director of marketing at Databox, been there for a while. We are talking about my favorite topic, content distribution, using insights to fuel your content distribution strategy and how you do that. John is an expert on this and love what he had to share here. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a damn friend you're enjoying Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick it to the conversation. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the show. Excited uh, to explore one of my favorite topics. If you have been listening to Modern Day Marketer once, you definitely know that I'm a fan of content distribution. If you've been listening for a long time, you're probably like, here goes some more good insight on the topic that is near and dear to my heart. I'm going to be joined today by one of my favorite creators in the space, been following his stuff for a long time, uh, John Benini. He wears two hats, director of marketing at Databox, and he is also building some good content, which is a really awesome platform. We are actually um, partnering up with him. So excited to announce that here. We're going to get breaking into news. it. But, yeah, breaking <laughs> news. Bef- before we get into the topic and everything, John, welcome. How are you doing, man? Well, uh, man, I'm, I'm glad to be here. Big fan of, of you, of the juice. So I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me here. Awesome. I'd love, I know you wear a couple different hats, but uh, I'd love to maybe share with the audience if they're unfamiliar, maybe talk a little bit about both of those. So your director of marketing at Databox, maybe share a little bit about yeah. Databox, what you guys do in your role there, and then would love to hear more about building some good content as well. For sure. Yeah. So Databox, I've been there for five years now, just just hit this week, which is, which is crazy. But yeah, I've been there for five years, been in SaaS for the better part of a decade, really in you know various marketing and growth roles uh, leading marketing at databox it's a you know dashboard uh, performance tool that's actually evolving and growing into actually so much more than that we have a lot of really exciting features being launched this year or or have launched uh, quietly more recently and yeah so we're a uh, from a marketing perspective a very content driven company we don't invest a lot or any into paid ads and um, events and things like that. So we're very content driven. These are the kind of organizations I've always been drawn to, because I've always said, you know, that I'm I'm always a very content forward uh, marketing leader. So yeah, so I've been there for for five years now, and we've uh, we've grown quite a bit off profit. And yeah, it's been fun just to just to join a company at the phase that we were at. I think we were like 30k MRR. And yeah, now we're upwards over 6 million ARR. So yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, I, I probably should have done that. The conversion three, it was like 300 K ARR. Now we're like over 6 million. So it's been cool to see the progression from that. And that's what I wanted to do really in, uh, in my next role back, back when I, back when I joined. So I'd love to ask a question just based on that before you get yeah. into the side hustle. So I love the, uh, basically what I heard you say is like, you know, we, we, don't really go for the transactional, like paid ads, like meet you at a trade show booth. Like we really focus our energy on content. Yeah. 
and we've been focusing our energy on content and we start, we were at 30 and then look at where, where we're at now. I'd love for you to maybe like, just maybe at a high level, like touching on like the design of content and how that's played a role in helping you all, whether it's, you know, been organic distribution, yeah. how, how have you been able to kind of take content, take what you've been doing with content and match it back up to kind of some of that growth? Yeah, we, we sort of baked everything in distribution, content, distress, everything all into one thing, which I know we'll probably get to more in a bit. But yeah, early on, I think it was like 2017 content has, you know, it's been competitive for a long time, SEO and content and all this stuff, right? So it's hard to break in, you know, when you have really no footprint, editorial footprint, it, it could be hard to break in, right? And so what we had done was really develop this strategy that was more reliant on the insights of our audience rather than us. So we took more like a reporter's mindset rather than a columnist, right? Most companies have the columnist mindset. We're the experts. Everything is I, 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 I. When you read the content, you should do this. You should do that. Um, whereas we took more of the columnist approach and starting with our customers early on, would interview them about subjects we were writing about. How are they doing it? What challenges were they having? How did they solve it? And so we ended up being reporters where we're telling the stories of other people. So we're still touching on the same topics, still discussing the same challenges except I think it comes from a more honest place. It's not just single point of view. I work at Databox, so this is all my opinion. It's no, we're interviewing real people out here telling us what the challenges really are, how they're solving them. And um, the added benefit of having that sort of approach is everybody who contributes is now uh, a sneezer, as Seth Godin uh, calls them. I forget which book he has. It. He calls them sneezers, right? People who spread either your product or your content or whatever, right? They spread your message. And so people who contribute to the content, go share the content when they're in it, right? They tweet it out. They might feature it in their newsletter. They might write a blog post on their own site that links off to it that was inspired by their contribution. So that really like allowed us to grow quickly uh, in terms of like organic traffic in a time where it shouldn't have been that easy. Not, and not that it was easy, but um, I think we made it maybe easier than it would have been if we were just writing more single point of view content, trying to get it to rank. And yeah, that really fueled the whole growth strategy in terms of content and organic traffic. And the last part I'll say about that is the people that we, we would reach out to early on, like I said, were customers, but then that grew. We we're like, all right, we want to have more people in the articles. We want to ask more quantitative questions so we could feature more data. Let's let's now reach out to people who would make good customers of Databox. But instead of reaching out and being like, hey, Brett, we think, uh, you know, I see you're in marketing at a software company and blah, blah, blah. We have this product. Instead, we would reach out and say, hey, Brett, you're a VP at, uh, you know, The Juice. I see you guys are like invested heavily in content and organic. We're writing this post and this report on, you know, how brands are, you know, investing in content and like what what their strategy looks like. I think you'd make a great contributor to this article. Do you, you know, if I send you this link to fill out like a quick Google form, would you want to contribute? Will it hit you with a link back to your site? All that good stuff. And like the hit rate on that stuff in terms of like response rate would be like 70, 80%. It was crazy. So now we're doing like warm ABM-ish kind of stuff. We're not really pitching the product. So it's not really ABM, but we're only reaching out to people we know would be good fits of Databox, marketing agency, SaaS company. So the whole thing created this flywheel that I think allowed for, for us to grow off content you know, for a really long time and support the kind of growth that we needed. So I, we don't give out, I, I don't give out hacks on this show and quite frankly, <laughs> don't believe in them. But I will say something John mentioned there, 
marketers like to talk about themselves and like to talk about yeah. what they do. So <laughs> if you ask them to be featured, odds are they're going to say, sure. And it's a good place to start. So I love that. And I would imagine some of what you learned in those past five years at Databox has led into you and kind of some good content in this, this project and maybe like share some insights on just the birth of that and like what 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 are your goals and what are you looking to do with it? Yeah, it was the, uh, I've always been really passionate about writing and content. I went to school years ago. I won't say when, uh, because I don't want people to know how old I am. No, I'm kidding. Um, 2007, I graduated. So yeah, I went to school for journalism. I always thought I was going to be a writer, really enjoyed telling stories, writing, and found myself in content marketing as many journalism transplants did. And so I've always been drawn to just telling stories and writing. And really fell in love with content, doing it on the brand side. So this hasn't been this isn't anything new. I've been like I've spent the last decade plus working, you know, uh, to grow companies through content. And so yeah, it was the pandemic, summer of 2020, and I was, you know, a lot of time spent at home, time to write, you know, extra time to write, um, extra time to just like build stuff and tinker. And I created a you know, just like a, a Patreon. That's all what it started as just called some good content where I would share the way I think about content, some of the processes and the frameworks and just the way I think about things. And I thought, you know, a couple of people would join and it would be a way to have like a small little community of other content geeks like myself. And it would be cool. And then it took off. And at one time it was five, 600 members. And I was like, okay, this is a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And when you have that many members, you also have people reaching out about, hey, do you know anybody hiring? Hey, can you post this job? Hey, do you offer consulting? And all these things I I didn't do, right? But that gave me clues into, okay, this could actually be, there's other revenue streams here. This could be a thing. This could be a business. And so, yeah, I've just been sort of tinkering with it and building and, you know, it's it's been really fun. And so, yeah, it's, it's turned into also consulting and working with other SaaS companies to help uh, sort of develop and improve their, their content strategy, their distribution strategy help train their writers, you know, because a lot of SaaS companies have some junior writers and there's some challenges that present themselves there. So yeah, it's, it's turned into a, a consulting and coaching thing too. That's been really fun because then I, it just, I keep learning more about the challenges companies are having, which fuels more insights for me. So it's, it's been awesome. And then the stuff I learned there helps the day job and vice versa. So yeah, it's, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. And I think like a, a good peek into the, like the future of what it could be and um, I'm just having a blast with it, really. So, yeah, that's, all, that's awesome. Appreciate that. And I, I maybe uh, I'd love to understand, and this can be the segue into the topic today. Yeah. But I hear a lot just from the marketers that I'm talking with by just doing this show. I hear a lot about content distribution, and I hear a lot of marketers talking about they know they need to do it, but they don't feel like they have the resources to do it, or they're thinking about it, or they're seeing more people talk about it, wondering what it is, curiosity. I would imagine probably in your community that it's the same thing, right? People are, what is content distribution? How how do I go about it? Um, has it been a topic that uh, through your community, you've heard more and more people interested or working on recently? The number one thing probably I hear most about, right? No, no one thinks they have a content creation problem, although many, many do, right? In terms of like having to reposition what they're writing about, how they're writing about it, the formats and things like that. But most everyone acknowledges that distribution's hard or that they're not getting enough out of it or they're not doing it good enough. And so everyone like that's that's where I've noticed that's where everyone's looking for the 
the insights or the cheat codes. It's like distribution. Like, how do I figure this out? That's where, that's where most people are having the challenges. That's, that's what I hear most about, honestly, is, is content distribution. That's the kind of content people ask for uh, in terms of coaching. That's where people typically will engage and be like, Hey, we need help here. But then they come to find out it's like, Oh, well, if we, if you change up the way that you're publishing or the type of content you're publishing, you could kind of bake this right in. And, and that sort of unlocks things for a lot of people. But yeah, distribution, I think is, is the one area that everyone seems to acknowledge that they could either get better at, or they're, they're just not getting right at all, or they're just not investing in it at all because they just don't have the resources or know how to do it. Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask you to put maybe some like your spin or what your definition around content distribution is. But before I get there, I'm curious, do you, what was it's when I came back to market this land of marketing to marketers, I was overwhelmed by the, this topic. Cause it wasn't there when I was on my last rodeo when I was doing this, but I'm curious, like what, what, what's, was the, what has been the catalyst for all of this curiosity and this growth and this continued conversation around content distribution? Was it a, a person? Was it a moment? Was it a, a bunch of different things? Like what was it for you? Personally, like what was it that sort of drives my interest in, in distribution? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think being on the brand side, right, you see the importance of it. I think everyone has access to the same SEO tools. We all have access to the same insights for the most part. Everyone's doing a lot of the same things. Content has, it, you know, the landscape has gotten more crowded, especially in MarTech. And so you realize that the unlock in a lot of cases or the advantage can come from how you distribute the content. Yes. Also from how you write it and what you write about and the forms you take, but the way in which you distribute it, especially considering how most brands distribute their content now, like that's, that's where I've seen more and more, especially over the last few years with social, you know, with podcasts, like the ways in which you can distribute the content have changed and the things at our disposal, I just feel like there's, there's, it's created so much more opportunity to be able to make content, even though SEO and, and all those things, it's a crowded landscape and everyone's producing content and everyone has a podcast. There's so much opportunity on the distribution side because most people either phone it in, they don't know how to do it, or they're just not doing it. And so I think it's really, it was kind of born out of just like trying to find more areas of leverage, right? And distribution will always be one. There's always going to be more creative and innovative ways that you can get your message in front of more people. And I think part of it was that. And yeah, I, I would say most of it was, was probably that just like trying to find other areas of leverage. So I, I like to think about it as like being on offense with your content, as opposed to like the sit it and forget it mentality or on to the next yeah. one um, that we've been doing for, you know, as inbound has become popularized and we're all have content marketers and content marketing teams. I guess like when you think about content distribution and like you're, let's say, like people are asking you like, what is content distribution? Like, what are like some of the most important elements of it that like would be like the way you define or the way you talk about it? Yeah. The, the way I talk about it and the way, uh, you know, I talk to others, whether it's uh, a coaching client or folks on my team is distribution is about distribution of the insights and the learnings in your content, not the content itself. If you look at it, content distribution is misleading. We're distributing our content. And that's not what we should be doing. We should be distributing the insights and the learnings from the content, right? And people, well, how do I need to get people back to my site. I have numbers to hit, but everyone's link dumping, right? And I, th I think now most people think of content distribution 
as link distribution. It's just article went live, podcast went live, dropped the link. Boom. We wrote this article on 10 things, blah, 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 blah. Here's the link. Or worse, they just put the title on the link and they check all the boxes, Twitter, LinkedIn, Reddit, Facebook groups, and they do it on like, we're doing content distribution, right? No, that's link distribution. Content distribution, the way I define it is the sharing and the distribution of the learnings and the insights from the content itself, outside of just promoting the link. Everything that you share and distribute should stand alone as an educational resource or something that inspires people in your audience, something that motivates them, educates them, allows them to go execute on something. Everything that you distribute should stand alone to be able to do one of those things on its own without them having to click your link, right? So when you you get done with writing an article, obviously you're trying to get it in front of as many of the right people as possible. So you're, I would imagine part of your process is just you know the channels. Um, when you are thinking about sharing insights and not just the link, like we we all have this like after we're done writing, we're all just like, okay, it's done. I get to hit publish. <laughs> Now I get to think of the next one. And I think what I'm hearing you say is like, wait a minute, pause. Like, let's make sure we're maximizing this article and make making sure we distribute it the right way. So like, what is your process to make sure that like you're pulling those insights from the piece that you just wrote and you're doing it in a way that's like unique to the specific channel yeah. where you're promoting it? So every piece can be different, right? But I have like a loose framework, which is there's types of, content or, or post that you can pull out of each resource you create, whether it's a podcast episode or a blog post or ebook, whatever it is, premium content. Um, one of like, and, and basically following that framework and basically going down the checklist and creating a post that solves each of them. So the first one is like a background post. And the way the analogy I always use is people get hungry when they read recipes, like how something was made. The same thing from your content. Like if you've been working on something for a month, a report, uh, a, a new premium offering, even if it's a blog post, just tweet, just distribute the background. Like tell people what you've been working on and what that entailed, who you had to talk to, the data that you had to acquire, how you, how you acquired the data, the research that you did, how many people were involved, maybe product and design helped out. Like whatever the background is of the content itself is a piece of distribution. Because like I said, when people read the recipe, they get hungry. And when people hear about all the work that you put into this report and that you talk to the top CMOs in the industry and we, we did this and X and Y and Y, and my team's been hard at work and it, people are like, well, I need to see this, right? Like they, 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 could, they, could, they could tell like the work that you've put into it and they want the resource, right? So that's one. Then you get down into the more tactical things, which is like pulling the takeaways out from the post. So if there's five learnings in a blog post, you have five different pieces of content that you could distribute. And I just call them takeaway posts. You just focus on the learning itself and talk all about what the learning is, whatever the subject is about. That could be a Twitter thread. It could be a LinkedIn post. It could be something that you share in a relevant Facebook group. It could be something you share in a relevant Reddit group. And because you're not link dumping, you're also not getting your ass kicked out of those places because usually that's what happens if you just dump links, right? Um, so you're, you're highlighting each takeaway. You're pulling it. Okay. This article or this podcast has five main takeaways. So each of those is its own sort of distribution campaign, Twitter thread, LinkedIn post, um, could be an email, like whatever, whatever the channels you use are, Reddit group, whatever, um, Slack group. Um, so that's one. Another one is rounding up like a listicle of all those takeaways. So you did each of them individually. Now you have, now you can round them all up and do like a really badass Twitter thread where you're listing out, 
you know, I talked to Brett, who's VP of marketing at the Juice, and we were talking a lot about content distribution. And I kind of distilled down everything he said into these like five main points. Here they are. Point number one, and I discuss your insight. Point number two, and like that turns into a, a really good resource, right? Quotable post where you're quoting people, right? Those are those are kind of popular in the podcast space. People drop clips and stuff like that, so people are kind of used to already doing content like that. So it's really like a framework of these different types of posts that you pull out of everything that you create. And if you can go down and create those separate pieces of content that are now pointing back to that bigger piece of content, and share those out in in all the, the different channels that your brand uses, right? You're, you're distributing the learnings and the insights. You're not distributing the links or just the links. And so like in terms of like the X's and O's and like rolling up your sleeves, like that's how we thought about it. Now, granted, every piece of content is different. There might be certain types of posts that we never would have thought of that don't fit in that framework that you might like conjure up, but that at least gives you like a rough framework for like, okay, I just created a piece of content. What can I create from this? What can I pull out of this? Or how should I think about that? And yeah, it's, it's just a framework to, to go through that I think is helpful. So let's say I'm a marketer. I'm listening to this conversation right now. I'm a member of some good content. <laughs> I consume your stuff. I read your frameworks. I'm a believer in content distribution, but I come to you and I say, I get everything you're saying. This all makes a ton of sense, but my boss just wants to for me to continue to publish new pieces of content because that's what Google wants. And he thinks that's he or she thinks that's what, what's going to allow us to grow, like grow. What would you tell that marketer or how would you tell that marketer to position content distribution in a way to their, you know, leadership team to say, we need to stop doing the way the thing, the way we need to stop focusing on content the way we have been and start focusing on distribution. What sort of tips or advice would you give them for that conversation? first I'd show them like a job board and be like, yeah, there's other, a lot of content jobs out here. So get, get yourself in a better position where you don't have to sell it like that. But second, like, like anything else, tell the story with, with, with data. So your boss wants you to do that. Is it working? If, it, if it's working, right. Maybe he ha- like you, you sort of have to meet your boss halfway, right. And figure out, okay, it, it's working. I don't really may, maybe necessarily agree or like the delivery of it, but maybe there's a way to satisfy both. Right. Maybe like we can improve the quality here and still be able to, to, to sort of, you know, get the results that we're seeing. And if it's not working, like you have everything you need. Right. And I think that's, that's where content reporting sometimes, you know, is, is, is lackluster or the, the, the tracking that people put in place or, or they're just measuring based on a search ranking or the number of clicks they're getting back from search and not like, you know, how this contributed to a signup or, like, um, you know, what the conversion rate of a specific page is. So the first thing I would do is go deep on data. Like you're never going to convince an executive off your gut feeling or what you feel like you should be doing. At least I found it very rare that that's the case, especially if they feel strongly about an approach. So the first thing I would do is dive into the data and be like, okay, is, is what they're suggesting or is the way we're doing it now working? Is there a hole in this somewhere that we're not considering, right? Either in the funnel or in the process or is there just a way where we're not thinking about this right now? And just build your case, right? And tr- try to remove like the, the personal bias from it. I think that's really the, the most effective way of communicating with any executive, right? They, w- they want to see the result. They want to see the numbers. They, wanna, they want you to prove why it's not working or why you should consider doing it another way. So yeah, I, I would just make sure that you're coming correct with the right data and the right story. Because you could have the data and tell the wrong story. 
right? I think it's all about how you're interpreting it as well. So I, I think that part is a critical skill that I think many content marketers often lack or they're missing or they, or they don't work on. And this is why so many have a hard time selling their ideas inside their companies is because they're so, so much more, I think it's right brain, right? So much more on the creative side that they're not really thinking about how to sell their idea or even how to get the right intelligence to sell their idea. Um, so that's the first thing I would, like I said, beyond looking for a new job, the first thing I would do is, is, is dive into the data. Is there anything that jumps out at you that you think builds your case towards doing this thing, whatever it is, a little differently? So this one is a little more tactical, but I'd love to hear how you do it. We write these articles. Um, we need to pull insights from them. We need to distribute those insights to, you know, do content distribution effectively. When in the process are you like pulling the pulling the insights? Are you article gets finished, published, go back to it, start pulling your insights for your different themes of how you're like that you use to distribute content? Um, are you doing it during your writing process? Like share some some insights there. Yeah, it's a little bit of both depending on what the content is. And the and, and like for example, like a podcast, we structure the podcast in a way that we know where the breakpoints are for distribution. Like we ask every guest roughly the same questions. And then obviously the follow-ups are all different. The theme is a little different. Like they're sharing a different metric. Databox has a podcast called Metrics and Chill. So guests come on, they choose one metric that their team has like improved on recently. And then they talk about everything from the from like how they even prioritize that metric. Um, how they got buy-in across teams to on certain ways to improve it and all that kind of stuff. So we ask the same questions. We've structured the podcast in such a way where we know what we're going to get in terms of certain responses. And we're going to like distribute those answers every time, right? And they're all going to be different, right? Because they're different guests, different companies. Um, so a podcast is almost easy. And I, I've, I've like coined it in the past, like the Tonight Show approach, because the Tonight Show or any late night show or any morning show, whatever, whatever you watch, that's like a serial talk show. They're all the same. They're all structured exactly the same, but every episode's different. You could watch tonight show with Jimmy Fallon tonight and watch it tomorrow. The exact same structure, much different shows. You might think tonight's shows sucked. You might think tomorrow's was awesome. It all depends on the guests and, and all that. Right. And so they have natural breakpoints too, right? They have their opening monologue. They have the little bit that they do with the guests before the first commercial, uh, they have guest one, they have guest two, they have the musical guest. All these things are natural breakpoints that they can then go distribute on their own, right? And so we think about podcasts in the same way, right? Like how can we structure our podcast? So they're all different because the guests are different, but it gives us like a starting point and natural breakpoints to distribute. And so podcasts are easy in that way. Blog posts are a little different. Um, we don't structure them all the same, but we do have like a format that we've been using, like in terms of you know getting quotes from people, uh, the types of data that we include from their responses in the article. So we kind of know like, all right, we know we're going to get some data points. We know we're going to get some qualitative quotes. So we know that we're going to be able to share some stuff around those two things. Um, and then afterwards, yeah, it's, it's, it's going back through and being like, all right, what was the background on this post? What are the, what are the five best takeaways we think that we got from this article? Like what the five best quotes um, round those up create separate uh, posts for each of them. So like that part is slightly different every time, but because the format is relatively repeatable, like we kind of know what, uh, like what, what we're going to share each time and like what we're going to get from, from the end result. 
So outside of uh, telling people to join some good content to learn more, um, <laughs> what what are what are some other resources, tools, or people anyone listening to this show should be turning to to level up their content distribution? Yeah, I always thought like you know Jimmy Daly is a really thoughtful content marketer and super path, right? And and really that community there very active the Slack group, and uh, yeah, I, I mean there's there's a lot of people who talk about distribution. Ross Simmons, I think has some, has some good, uh, insights on it. Uh, Amanda Natividad from Spark Toro and what she's talking about in terms of zero click content is very similar to what I'm talking about here. Right. And distribute, you know, sharing content, creating content that doesn't require the click, uh, because increasingly more the platforms that you share on search, everything from search to Facebook, they don't want to send people off their platform. So they're going to de-incentivize that. So I like, I really like the content she's been creating around zero click content. Yeah. Those are the ones that jump to mind. I love it. Maybe as we're rounding the corner of this conversation, a lot of good information and insights from you on content distribution would love like one nugget, the most important nugget that comes to your mind that you can share with anyone out there who knows they need to get started, um, has been struggling to get started with distribution. They kind of, they're stuck on that content hamster wheel. What, what is one piece of feedback that you'd leave the listeners with to get started with their content distribution program? Yeah, I think it's one that I, I just shared in the previous segment, which is like structure your content in a way that makes distribution easy or bakes it in. So when you create your podcast, right? Like most podcasts are, are free flowing. They don't ask the same questions every time. Um, there, there's no segments, right? And you can, so for example, you can create a podcast where you're asking, maybe you're, you're having CMOs on and the podcast is all about like how CMOs structure their teams. You know, maybe you're a uh, HR software or something, right? And, and you're going to launch a podcast specifically on how CMOs structure their teams. And you're going to ask the same five questions. The follow-ups are going to be different, right? But you're going to ask the same five questions every episode, right? And you're going to have maybe two or three different segments. The first segment is going to be all about, I don't know, examples of the best, the best insights they've had from growing their own team. Second segment is, is like rapid fire Q and a, I don't know, right. You just make it, whatever these segments are. And then afterwards, you know, where the breakpoints are, you know, each of those five questions, it's going to be its own separate clip, quotable image, you know, insight or takeaway that you can, you can talk about later. You know, each segment could be its own, maybe longer form video that you put up on YouTube. And the same could go for your blog posts, right? Like, and, and I think people think, oh, doesn't that limit us? Just like anything else, I think sometimes those guardrails can foster more creativity, right? So if you're like, all right, our blog post is going to be structured this way, or our podcast is going to ask these five questions, how can I use that format to like do something fun and innovative? And I think if you could structure your content in such a way where you know where the breakpoints for distribution are going to be every time, it makes the distribution so much easier. And then over time, it can evolve. You could add more. You can maybe loosen the reins a, a little bit. But if you're really struggling with distribution, it's usually because like, I don't really know how to position this piece or where to share it. That's going to get clicks. And, and uh, I think focusing more on what you're sharing, like what insight and learning you're sharing, not what am I sharing, like what link and, and having like those natural breakpoints in the content you create, I think makes it a lot easier. And I think it's a huge opportunity that most brands miss because everything is different. It's not repeatable. There are no natural breakpoints. So you're kind of starting from scratch every single piece. And I think having that, all the best creators have structure. And when I say creators, I don't mean brands. I mean 
everything, the top YouTube creators or TikTok, or you'll, you'll see themes, right? You'll see repeatable themes in some of their work. And I, for some reason, yeah, brands don't, they don't see that or they don't, they don't jump on that or they think it's limiting or they think it's like not creative. And I would argue that it's the exact opposite. So start there, like structure your content in a way where it's going to make the distribution afterwards a lot easier. That, yeah, that would be my best advice, I think, to get started. Ton of good insights and advice in this one. Go check out Databox, some good content. We'll plug those, put those links in the show notes. John, this was fun. Anytime I can take a little break out of the day to talk content distribution, <laughs> I will consider it a good day. I appreciate you coming Likewise, man. and sharing your knowledge. Thanks, Brad. Thanks for having me. I think there is so much opportunity and potential with thinking about our content distribution strategies right now. It's more important now than ever before. And I love how people like John have a great mindset when it comes to how we should approach such an important topic. There is going to be a lot more coming from the Juice team on content distribution. You're going to want to look out. It's going to be fun. We're going to make an announcement soon. So be on the lookout. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. We'll be back next week with more Modern Day Marketer. Thank you.